Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. All the works of God in our lives, because He's always working, serve as an opportunity for us to grow and connect with others. I want to say that again. All the workings of God in your life, the things that He's healed you from, the things that He's processed with you, the anger that He's helped you to conquer, the, the sin that has set you in, in courses of your life that you're not really stoked about, but He helped you learn how to navigate out of those spaces, the loneliness, the depression, all of those things that would come into our life and trying to, trying to get us isolated, trying to, to help us to, to never experience the beauty and wonder of the life that God's given us, all those things that God has healed you from or is working in your life and is an opportunity for others to see the goodness of God in you. And it's the greatest testimony that we live our life with. This is actually why Jesus, when we talk about the landscape of life, when we talk about the picture of your life, this is why Jesus taught in parables. Because he was giving people word pictures about their life, about things that they understood around them in life, that helped them to understand the kingdom of God. Because in their natural minds, they were wrestling with it. And Jesus was trying to find platforms or was using platforms by which people could connect with the message and the goodness of the kingdom of God. Can I tell you, it's no different in our day and age. People that surround you in your life, when you talk to them about God and the kingdom of God, it doesn't make sense to them. It doesn't make sense to be generous with your money. It doesn't make sense to open up your home to a stranger. It doesn't make sense to, to live a life that's different than what we see around it until you pause for a moment and say, we do this because this is a truth of the kingdom of God. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Not in our world culture, but in a kingdom culture, it very much so is. And so our lives are this beautiful opportunity for us to display to the world around us what the kingdom of God is looks like. And I, last week I shared with you three things that kind of, kind of help set that tone for us. And I want you to think as you think about the Word of God, as you think about the landscape of your life, it is, it is an outward expression for others to see into the kingdom of God through you. And we use three words. We use the word picture, mirror, and window. And I just want to remind you of that this morning as we get into our teaching to help your hearts engage with the things that God's trying to do in and through your life. It, it, your, your life is a picture, or the Word of God is a picture. The circumstances of, of life give others a chance to ask, what is revealed about God and His character through what I'm going through? So when we think about our lives, when you think about your life being a picture for other people to see in, that's the question that, that we're asking in that moment. What, what about my life? What about what God is doing right now is helping others to see the character and nature of God through me? When we think about our lives as a mirror and we think about the things that, that give opportunity, here, here's, here's what I want you to have in your mind. How has God used these moments in life to shape me as a child of God? So when I, when I stand in front of the Word of God and, and I read the Word of God, the Bible tells us that it's like a mirror to us to help us to see what's going on in our lives. 
and to help us understand uh, this place of, of how God is shaping me and forming me as a child of God. And, and here's what I want you to know. Your life is like a mirror to the people that are around you as well. As they look at your life, they're seeing God's character and his image being formed in you. And then it's reflecting back to them an opportunity for them to grow in the same way in the character and nature of God. That's your life. That's the beauty of, of what God has given us in influence with people. And there are lives, they're, they're a window. Well, what does that mean? When people look at our lives and they hear us talking about the kingdom of God or they see you living your life maybe differently than everything that they, they see around them in their lives, they're looking at your life and they're, they're getting to look through your life into the kingdom of God and they're getting a picture of what the gospel, the good news is all about. And they're seeing a, a portion of it because of your testimony, because of your witness. When I think about the, the people that I'm surrounded by in, in, in life, when I'm thinking of Jennifer and Justin Joff, and I, I get an opportunity to look at their lives, and as I look through their lives, I get to see a, a space of the gospel and the kingdom of God that is different than what I've experienced in my life. But it gives me and others a picture of the greatness of God and His faithfulness to them. When you think about your life and you think about the testimony of what God's done in you, people are looking at your life and they're looking through your life and they're getting a picture of what the kingdom of God is all about. My question for you is, what are they seeing? What are they seeing through the landscape of your life? What are they seeing through the things that God has, has done in your life? And I want to give this statement to you this morning. I'm going to say it a few times to hopefully have it resonate in your heart. But your story and the way that God has revealed Himself in your life is the greatest witness that you have. Your story, the journey that you've been on, as uncool or as broken or as whatever you want to label it with because of your perspective, however you look at it, your story is the greatest platform for God's witness to be shown to the world that is around you. It's not because you're healing the sick and raising the dead. It's not, and those things are wonderful and they are a powerful platform for the witness of the kingdom of God. But God's grace and His mercy and His forgiveness towards you is the greatest platform for the people that are around you that are wrestling with the brokenness of their life to go, I need that. And that's why the landscape of your life, the, the journey that you're in, gives such a beautiful opportunity for others to experience it. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 actually describes it this way to us. It says, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God and the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. And I want to read this for you out of the New King James Version because it uses a word that we're talking about today. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Let me give you a little context for 2 Corinthians right here. The whole context of this is the new covenant that was being spoken of to the church. The old covenant was under this space of the law, and, and, and Moses, when he went into the presence of God, had to put a veil over his face because the glory of God was so bright upon him from being in the presence of God that the people couldn't even look at him. 
And what's being spoken here is saying, listen, the very same presence of the living God is inside of you. Dwells inside of you. I'm not making that up. Scripture says that to us. That the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. So here's the beauty of this moment. You are reflecting the glory of God everywhere you go. But Scripture is telling us, don't do that with a veiled face. In other words, don't hide that glory from the people that you are around. They need to see what's in you. Yet all too often we're afraid in the moments of life to bring the testimony of our life out into the the open spaces because we're afraid that people are going to reject us. We're afraid that people are going to think that it's silly. I don't know what we're wrestling with, but there's all this battle that goes on in our minds. So what we're doing is we're veiling our faces. We're covering our lives so that others can't see the glory of God through us. And the encouragement from the writer of Corinthians here is don't don't be those with veiled faces. Open your life up so that the people around you can see the kingdom of God. And how are they going to do that? Through the landscape of your life. Through the beautiful tapestry that God's made of your life and and the painting that he's made of you that helps others to see his goodness. And so last week, we talked a little bit about really the four spaces of the landscape of our lives and the way that God breaks into our life. And we talked last week just about this reality for each one of us these four spaces are maybe actively at work in our lives constantly, but it helps us to put into words some of the things that we've experienced in life so that we can connect those to the people that we're doing life with. Amen? There has been a time and a season for the body of Christ where the world would say, I can't relate to you because you do all your churchy activities or you go to a building on Sunday but I don't ever get to see the reality of of that outworking in your life. And here's what the gospel tells us to do. Go live your life wide open for people to be able to see. And these events of our life that each one of us have experienced gives us a platform to connect in relationship and life with the people that are around us. Last week, we talked about eruptive moments of our life. These are the moments of our life where God just sovereignly breaks in and does something extraordinary. We see some examples of those in Scripture of of Moses. We talked about this last week, Moses and the burning bush. We talked about Paul on the road to Damascus, these these life-altering moments that happen in our lives that we really don't have any control of. We are just participating in. I don't know about you, but I've had a few of them in my life. I can think back to camps that I went to as a young person that God just sovereignly moved in my life in that moment, whether through times of worship or through a word that was spoken, that God just began to transform something in my life, shifted the whole course of my life because of those moments. I think think of moments right here in this church where we've been times of worship and I've been on my knees before God and God just sovereignly in that moment changes something about my life transform something. I think I can think about probably the most significant moment in my life when I was about 20 years old. God spoke to me and told me to to fly to the nation of Papua New Guinea and that he was going to meet me there in that moment. I didn't know anybody, not a human being in Papua New Guinea. I got in an airplane, flew down to Australia, went up on another plane in the mountains of Papua New Guinea, got off a plane and literally was standing in the middle of the jungle with nothing, nobody. The, the dude that dropped me off in the airplane 
thought I was cuckoo. And when he left, I knew I was. Like there was just this reality that, that something was about ready to take place in my life. And over about the next two to three months of my life, it was, it was an eruption moment of my life. Where I found myself in the, in the jungle of Papua New Guinea, and that's where I found Jesus. I'd grown up in the church my entire life. Loved him. Memorized scripture, all of those kinds of things. But I found my need for a savior in the middle of the jungles of Papua New Guinea. Much like Paul did on the road to Damascus. He wasn't looking for that. Jesus just met him in that space. And I don't know what those moments are for your life, but here's what I do know, that God is faithful to interrupt and erupt into your life. I don't know about you. I don't know where Jesus found you at, but here's what I know, that he loves you so much that he's willing to erupt inside of your life to get you to pay attention to the fact that he is real. Those moments are critical in our lives. But how many of you know those aren't the only moments of our lives? Paul, after he was on the road to Damascus, had to go visit a dude who was going to open his eyes so that he could see. And then Paul would experience the greatest persecution of his life as he began now to function in this calling that God put upon his life. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the erosion moments of our life. And really, when I say moments, it's really a a bad terminology for that. Because erosion is something that takes place what? Over time. It's a process that is happening in our lives day in and day out that is bringing us into a place of greater understanding of God. Here's how, I, here's how I define it. This is something that happens over time that is shaping us. Like a job, I said this last week, parenting. Parenting is erosion in our lives. Come on now. Caring for a loved one for an extended period of time. Walking through that journey and that process, that... That is not something that happens in a moment. That is something that's taking place over time, and it, and it impacts us in some deep and, and, and powerful ways. Being a part of a local church and going on a, on a journey of what God is doing in your community, in your life. There's people that have been a part of this church for 30, 40 years that are sitting here today that have been on the journey of what God's been doing in River Valley, and it's eroded away in their lives some things that have taught them about the character and nature of God. It has given us opportunity. That's why it's so important to be committed to a community of faith. Because we go on journeys together that we're not willing to take on our own. You guys with me this morning? It's one thing about being a part of the body of Christ. Like we just, we need each other for those things. Can I just tell you this? Life itself is erosive. Think about it. Just getting up every day, getting out of bed. The process of the journey that's ahead of us in that having children, uh, uh, job opportunities, all of those things are erosive moments in our lives. And those erosive moments are leading us to something powerful. I want to take you into scripture and then we're going to unpack this here and just say, I want to take you into scripture and remind you that this is how God has worked with mankind for a very, very, very long time. He is committed to the eruption moments of your life. But how many of you want to know he's even more committed to the erosive moments of your life? And the landscape of your life, the work that you allow God to do in you is giving you a platform and an opportunity to connect with the world and the people that are around you in your journey. I want you to think about a guy named Noah. Anybody remember Noah? Noah was a good dude. At least the Bible tells us he was a good dude. 
Like his heart was right before God. He was just trying to, to mind his own business and, and, and take care of his family. He lived in a world that was pretty messed up around him. And, and he was just trying to get through life without becoming like the weird people that were around. Anybody feel like that might be... Yeah, there might be a flood. I promise there's not a flood coming. God already said he wouldn't. But, but how many of you kind of feel that way in the world that we live in today? Feel a little bit like Noah. Man, I just feel a little out of place in what's going on right now. This was Noah. And the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, this is what it says. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on the earth at the time. That's a pretty big statement. And he walked in close fellowship with God. In other words, he was walking in relationship with God. He was connecting with him. It says, Noah was the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And then something extraordinary happens in, in this space of relationship with God with Noah. And God speaks to Noah and says, Noah, I want you to build me a boat. Verse 14, God gives us explicit instructions on how to build this boat. And most of us are sitting here today being like, yeah, God was just asking to build, build a boat. God, I mean, what's the big deal? The big deal was Noah didn't know what a boat was. They didn't have boats in Noah's time. This was not a thing in the world at that. So what God was asking Noah to do, the journey that God was asking Noah to go on was way outside the box. Like he had no understanding. Noah, Noah was trying to contemplate this thing that God was asking him to build, but Noah had to do it out of a place of, listen to me, faith. Because he didn't have any context for what God was speaking to him in that moment. You know what's interesting about this? It's, as you actually look into the history of this, scholars tell us that Mo, uh, Noah and his family, I about said Moses, Moses did not build the ark, Noah did. That Noah and his family spent somewhere between 55 and 75 years building the ark. You want to talk about erosion? Think about this in your life. God asks you to do a singular thing and says, okay, and that journey is going to take somewhere between 55 to 75 years. Let's go. Most of us are like, I'm out. Sign somebody else for the ark building tour. I'm, I'm, I'm out. But here's the beauty of what we see from Noah's life. He, not only did he hear God and begin to respond to him, but him and his family went on this journey over 55 to 75 years. And verse 22 says this right here. So Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. I want you to think about that for your life and mine. I would sure like that to be the testimony of my life, but it's not. I would sure like it to be said about me that whatever God asked Tim Fortin to do, he just did exactly as God told him to do. But it's not. I wrestle with God. I struggle with some of the things that he asks me to do in life. I'm processing those things. But did you know that that's the work of the Holy Spirit and erosion in my life? It's the same work that God got to walk with Noah and his family through. How many of you think in that journey, at some point in time, Noah might have said, hey, God, are you for real about this? Halfway through, cutting all these trees, starting to build this big monstrosity. He didn't know exactly what it was for, but he just knew that God had told him to do it. But somewhere, maybe year 25, 
He was going, God, are you sure about this? How many of you think his kids had some questions? See, the reality of our journey of life and the things that God invites us to, He never said it was going to be comfortable and easy. He just said, come and follow me. And so when we think about these spaces of erosion in our life, here's the reality. All of us have this testimony and story. Now, I don't know what it is for you. It's certainly not building an ark unless God's told you to do that and you go for it. But there are things that God has called you to in your life. There are some experience in life that you are either walking through currently or have walked through in your life that have been erosive moments that has prepared you for something that God wanted to do in and through your life. You ever been in one of those seasons where a job is really difficult? Where you're like, man, just show me the exit. Like, how do I get out of here? God, I hate being here. And we've even prayed, God, give me a new job. How many of you know sometimes in those moments, God doesn't answer your prayer because his will is that you would be right where you're at so that somebody else could see Christ through you? How many of you know sometimes in the real difficult seasons of life, the the building of an ark that doesn't make any sense, the standing out in your family, the places that sometimes feel a little lonely and isolated, that God's right there in the midst of these things because he's building a story from your life that somebody needs to be able to read or hear. Somebody needs to be able to look into your life and go, whoa, I can relate to that pain. And because of the story of your life and the erosion that's taking place, that God's preparing you to be someone that can help others connect with the goodness of God in their life. But here's here's the challenge of this. Lots of people experience erosive moments in their life. Not all people respond to them very well. A lot of times in the erosive moments of our life is where things really get refined in us. And here's what happens is is our theology gets revealed in those moments. What do we really believe about God? These erosive moments that come through, that, that thing that just kind of wears on you every day of your life and just feels like it's sucking the very soul out of you, right? Those things that are difficult and challenging that we're experiencing in our life. I don't know what they are for you, but I could tell you a few for me. And in those moments, we have a choice of how we respond to the work of God in that space. Do we take on the attitude that Noah did that just said, hey, God, I'm going to do exactly what you tell me to do. I don't like this. This seems weird. I don't even know what a flood looks like. I don't know what a boat is. But God, I trust your work in my life. I trust you, God. Or is that where our theology breaks down? who we thought God was, and who we thought how we worked in our lives, and we take the detour. It's easy to do, but the invitation from the Holy Spirit to us is to be a people that would respond out of a place of faith, of the erosive work of life in us that is doing something extraordinary. I want to share with you this phrase this morning. It's going to kind of set us as we get ready to close our time here together. Erosion slowly works away at what we say we believe and gets us down to the bedrock of what we actually believe. I want you to think about that in your all of these challenging circumstances, these things that whoo, feel difficult in the moment, that literally are grating at your soul, the things that 
that just you feel like you're, you're stuck in a rut. Oftentimes those ruts are leading you somewhere. You just aren't sure where it's going, so you want to get out of that thing. But the erosive work of, of, that's taking place around us in our life is revealing what we actually believe about God. And how many of you know that's a real important place for us to get to in our lives? Because it brings us to bed. If you think about what, what rivers form and how they work and the erosion that takes place around them, they eventually get down to bedrock, to a place where that river flows smoothly without really any resistance to it. There's no longer any topsoil or any of that stuff that's being moved. It is just, it has carved its way out in our life and comes to a sure foundation. Can I tell you, that's exactly the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and mine. The erosive work of life around us is getting us down to what we actually believe and helping us to build our lives on a sure foundation for us. Now, I don't know about you, but I would not choose to take that journey on my own. Anybody else? But we desperately need the work of God in us. And, and, and here's, here's the, the reason for that is because, once again, your life is your greatest platform for others to see the goodness of God through. Can we stay faithful to God through the erosion process of our lives like we see in the life of Noah? We see other beautiful examples of that in Scripture. How I many of you guys remember Ruth and Naomi? Young lady that chose to leave her country to follow her, her mother-in-law, and, and their, they, they had, they, their husbands had died. They had really no future in front of them. But Ruth chose to go with Naomi to Naomi's home country and went on a journey and a process that was an erosion work in her life. She had nothing stable around her. But because she was willing to go on that journey, God did something so beautiful and so incredible through her life. He redeemed not only her life, but their family legacy because someone was willing to go through the process of erosion in their lives. How about David and Saul? David was prophesied over, anointed as king years before he ever sat on the throne. And he went through a journey with a jealous leader in front of him that wanted him dead. And David had to learn in that moment how to submit to the way of God, even though he had opportunity to, to justifiably kill the king who was trying to kill him. But he chose to do it God's way instead of his way, and because of that, God was able to do extraordinary things through his life. Did you know that didn't happen overnight? That wasn't a one-time event. In fact, God tested David three different times where he could have taken the life of Saul. Three different times. Most of us, after test number one, we're like, we're done, we're out. Like, no, we're good. And yet God looked at David's heart and said, no, you, you need this to happen to you over and over and over again so that your character could be built on the bedrock of who God is so that you can actually lead my people. Think about that. That work that you're struggling with that God's doing in your life and has been doing for 15 years, can I just tell you, He's faithful to complete that work in you. Why? Not just for your benefit, but so that other people can look at your life and see the kingdom of God revealed in you. Church, we've got some pretty incredible opportunities in front of us, and the landscape of your life is giving other people opportunity 
to learn about the kingdom of God through you. And here's what that looks like, a simple conversation with them. Here's what I believe the Holy Spirit's doing. He's tuning our ears to listen to the conversations that we're around and to be able to connect the story of our life and what God has done in us with the stories that we hear people talking about every day around us. How does that look? I talked about this last week for us. It looks like you standing in the front yard with your next door neighbor and them talking about an erosive moment, something that they're having to deal with over and over and over again. I was talking with our neighbor just a few weeks ago just about this process of his, their, their parents are aging and they're trying to figure out, okay, what are they going to do with family? How are they going to process through that? And God just reminded me, we had the opportunity for my dad to live with us the last 10 years of his life. I know what that feels like. I know what the day-in, day-out feeling of walking with a parent through health challenges, through all of those things in life, I know what that feels like. So when I'm standing with my neighbor and we're having conversation of what this looks like in their life, I'm not just talking to them etherically. I'm bringing the landscape of my life and being able to say, hey, this is how we journey through that. You know what the cool thing is? My neighbor already knew that because he saw my dad living with us. And so it gave me an opportunity to not just go, oh, our family's so cool. We had my dad come live with us, and it was like awesome. And No, that was not the conversation. The conversation was that was one of the hardest things we probably ever did together as a family. Beautiful opportunities for cool things to be in relationship, but it was hard work every day. And we saw God do extraordinary works in us. I, I learned from that process of my life what it meant to be patient, and I'm still learning that. What it meant to be compassionate, to create space and room in your life that when it's not convenient. How many of you know those are all God characteristics? Those aren't us characteristics. Those are things the Holy Spirit is forming and shaping in us. And because of that erosive season of my life, it's giving me opportunity to have conversation with a a next-door neighbor who needs to know the person of Jesus Christ in their life. And guess who God brought into their life for them to see that? And so the landscape of my life is now a platform or an opportunity for them to be able to look into the kingdom of God and go, man, there's something different about that. Church, God has the same things for you. When you think about the landscape of your life and the stories and the things that God has done, when you're listening to conversations of the people around you in life, whether you're out to dinner or hanging out with neighbors or whatever space of life you're in with coworkers or people in school, your story is the greatest platform that you have for others to see the kingdom of God through you. My question is, are you utilizing your story to help others see the landscape of life, to see the kingdom of God through you? You have unique opportunities that I will never get to be a part of. Because it's where God's placed you. Your story is something that will open the door for others that I can't do, nor can the person next to you do. God put that testimony in your life so that people could experience God through you. That's what the landscape of our life is all about, is that these moments of life, these seasons of life, create opportunity for us to demonstrate with unveiled faces the glory of God through what he's done in our an incredible opportunity for us. Here's what has to happen in those moments. Our responsibility is to recognize the moment and to connect people to this landscape of our life, this journey that we're on. 
I don't know about you, but I, I can look back over my life and I can think of countless, if not hundreds of moments that I did not take to be able to lean in to help others connect with the story of my life and how God has done incredible things in me. Here's how I'm trying to live the rest of my life. To have ears to hear and a heart to respond what I'm hearing in conversations with the people around me to help them to connect to the goodness of God because God has been good to me. He has been faithful to me. He has been patient with me. He has been merciful to me. And other people around me in my life need to hear about that kind of God because that's who he is. And they're going to hear about that because of my life. They're going to hear about that because of your life. It's an incredible opportunity that God has given us. And as we think about evangelism, as we think about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with other people, all you're doing is telling him about what he's done in your life. And it opens the doors for them to connect their own life with those things. As we close our, our time this morning, I just want to invite you into this place of taking a step in and saying, God, help me to see more clearly this journey that you've put me on in life. All of the things that we would typically look back and go, man, that was a you know, an erosive, painful season of my life. Here's what I'm now asking God to do. God, would you give me eyes to see that more clearly? Would you give me eyes to see with kingdom mindset and heart, God? Would you give me the ability, Lord, to get out of my pain or suffering, the difficulty that I'm in, and see the work that you're doing in this as a testimony to the people that are around me in life? Because here's the deal. We need God's help to get that kind of perspective. Here's what I promise you. He is faithful to come into our lives and to help us to see people and God's work in us in a way in which would demonstrate him rightly to the world that we're in. Amen? And so as we take this journey that's ahead of us, you think about the week that's ahead of you, as you think about the eruptive moments of your life or the erosive moments of your life, remember all of those things are part of your story to be able to share the goodness, the glory of God with the people that were around in life. And God chose you to do that right now in this day and age and in this time. Noah had his job. David had his, Ruth had hers, you have yours. The opportunity and the time that God has placed you in, in the history of humanity, your story's important for other people connecting with the goodness of God. Amen? Amen. So let's do this this morning. I want to pray over you, and, and we're going to jump in just a time of conversation together. Um, and I, I believe that God's doing a work inside of us to calibrate our hearts with how important it is the work that he's done in us. Because God wants to get the good news of who he is to the world that's around us. Amen? So, Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your consistent process, Lord, in our lives. Lord, we, we have coined it, Lord, the erosive work, Lord, that we see with just time around us. But, Lord, we recognize it, Lord, as the sovereign work of your hand. Lord, giving us a sure foundation, Lord, to display your goodness, and your glory through our lives. Lord, we need your help in that. And so, Lord, today, I just pray that you'd give us revelation this morning, God. As we look back over our lives, Lord, and we look at the things that have been difficult and challenging, Lord, maybe even a process that we are currently in, God, that we didn't have right perspective on. Lord, we're praying today that you would adjust and calibrate our hearts, Lord, to see the work of your hand in it. And, Lord, the opportunity that we have to testify, God, of your goodness through our lives, Lord.
And Lord, we pray as we look at the week ahead of us, Lord, and the people that you've surrounded us with in life, Lord, that we would take moments, Lord, Lord, to, to prepare, God, Lord, this work that you've done in us, God, to be good news, Lord, to those that are around us. And Lord, today we just pause to say thank you. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness to us, God. Lord, thank you for taking us on the journey, God, through seasons of life that we didn't understand, Lord, but that you were right in the middle of, God. Lord, thank you for never giving up on us. Lord, thank you for being so patient with our uh, slow learning, God. Thank you for being so kind to us, God, when we, Lord, have not been easy to be kind to. Lord, thank you, Lord, for, for coming in and rescuing us, Lord, in moments of life, Lord, where we were helpless. Lord, thank you. Lord, help us to be faithful with the story of what you've done in our lives, God, to be a light to those that were around. Lord, give us ears to hear and heart to respond, God, to the people that you've placed us in community and life with. Lord, we love you. Lord, I just speak your blessing, Lord, over this church family, Lord, as we head into our week, Lord, that in our coming and going, Lord, that your, your face would shine upon us, Lord, that you'd be gracious to us. Lord, that we would be beautiful examples of your glory in our lives, Lord, in every space of our life this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.